Welcome back to the Nullify Take, where we've got the TNT takes for you on Australian Survivor, Blood versus Water, Week 2. And Jake, how are you doing, mate? It's been a week since we last spoke. Uh, how have you enjoyed this last week of Australian Survivor? And were you surprised by how wrong we may have gotten it um, on one or two of the players in Week 1? Yeah, we were, you know, our parting words, I was saying that i expected there to be some shakeups um in our list but maybe wasn't expecting that much of a shakeup right away one of our top players got voted out given uh she went to the other tribe but you know still got voted out and she has a chance to go home if they lose again so yeah yeah our top five already is uh not looking too great but that's okay I was expecting that anyways. Yes, yeah, so I've started doing a little bit of a spreadsheet here, which we're going to continue to work on, I think, week in and week out. We'll we'll continue to see how this goes, and I'll put a little bit of a graph here. But this was Jake's list and my list in first week for who we thought the top five players were. Uh, Jake, you had Sophie as high as third place in week one, and I had Sophie as high as fourth place. Um, combined, she was in fourth place at five points for that week, but our top five players combined for the week was Market first with nine points, Nina at second with eight khan at six sophie at five and sandra at two points um i've got a feeling that we may see a further shake up here this week as we continue to look at some of these players here um in this list but definitely sophie was the big surprise here and within this first episode um we we do see obviously like you mentioned you kind of jumped ahead here to the end of it where sophie you know, ultimately, I guess, gets voted out. Why do you think Sophie was such a big target? What did she do wrong here in this first episode for the week? Um, and how did she find herself in a position where she got voted out? Because it looked like she had everything going for her. She had the alpha male alliance. She looked like she was close with Sam. But something went wrong somewhere for her. Yeah, I think it was just really the lack of self-awareness with how open she was with those three guys. I mean, she really just couldn't have made it any more clear to everyone else that they were a type four. And, you know, I think given that she is such a outspoken person and like a leader, not only, you know, so far in the game, but just in her, in her um, daily life, um, it made her stand out the most, I think, of those four. I think it was clear that she was kind of the mastermind and it's just such an easy target to put on her everyone else is just like yeah yeah they're a four obviously i mean they just walk around together all day kind of hang out you know like a like a little click um i really I, yeah it was mainly i think it's the lack of self-awareness that she was making it so clear to everyone else on the tribe that they were a type four yeah, and I mean, Sophie, like you mentioned, they're getting a very close relationship, a strong relationship there with the alpha males. Sandra, in one of the first three episodes, said that every season that she plays, she gets close to the alpha males as well and uses them to get herself further in the game. So I think that Sophie probably stole a little bit of Sandra's spot here in the game, something that Sandra wanted for herself, which put a little bit of a target on her. And one thing that we did see this week is that experience counts for a lot when it comes to playing the game of Survivor. 
I mean, Sandra's played this game now, going into her sixth time, I believe, that she's playing this game. So she just really has an upper hand when it comes to understanding how to get into the cracks, how to set up these different factions, plant seeds that this faction is going to take over and be strong. And then she very strategically places herself here in the middle. And I was quite excited to see Sandra work this week and to learn a little bit more about the Red Tribe and the dynamics within the Red Tribe. Because in the first week, we didn't really get to see a lot of who's the strategic mastermind. What does the different factions or groups look like within the Red Tribe? So it's one of the reasons we only had Sophie, I think, picked as one of our top five players because we just didn't know enough about them. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. That That is part of the reason why I had her in top five, and I think you just said as well for you, is that we just didn't know a lot. And yeah, these past few episodes have been great for exactly that reason, uh, get, getting to learn more about uh, Amy and where she stands. She's very close to Dave. Um, just about, um, is it, I, I, I keep mixing Amy J. Amy, Jay, and Dave, they were a yep. faction on their own. And then you had yeah. um, the boys on the other side, which was Jordan, Ben, Croc. They were a faction. And it yep. looked to me this week like um, Sam, Sandra, I believe Michelle, not to get it mixed up with her twin sister, um, yes, and yes, Michelle. Yeah, <laughs> Sam, uh, and, and, and Jesse. They were like the, the yeah. middle pocket of four that could fall mm -hmm. in between. And it's quite interesting to see that um, Sandra seemed to be very close with uh, both Michelle and and Sam as well. There seems to be mm -hmm. some sort of a, a working arrangement there. Yeah, for sure. I think they're definitely a, a threesome, kind of similar to Amy, Jay, and David. Um, specifically, I thought it was interesting that Michelle, you know, is is really trying to get in with Sandra, learn more from her. You know, that's something that. I think it has never really been like explicitly said in past like seasons with mixed like returnees and new players. But um, I think that's what a lot of the new players want to do is learn from, I think actually, I think that some of the people in Redemption Island may have said that about Boston Rob, that they wanted to learn from him. Um, but it's, it's pretty cool to, to um, see it happen again with Michelle and Sandra. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, you see them repeating Sandra's words throughout this episode, like or the, the this week where they say, you know, if you've got an idol, don't tell anyone. You know, Croc repeats it in Final Trial yeah. Council, and Sandra's sitting there like a good teacher, saying, "Yep, I'll give you an A plus <laughs> for learning that and reiterating what I said earlier in the week." So it's quite funny to see the dynamic, and she definitely has a bit of an aura because you know I saw a lot of people on the Australian Survivor fan page on Facebook say, "Why is Sandra still there? She's not adding." That much from a challenge perspective you know she's you know what is she still doing there but i think there's this aura around her being the queen being someone that they can learn from and then also just sandra being so good at her political game so good at being able to spot these different factions and make people paranoid about these different factions that are forming um one of the things to me that was quite interesting is that dave somehow survived this first episode, you know, in the beginning, Sandra saying that he messed up. She's going to aim for Dave early on. Um, he's going to go home. But towards the end of it, Dave does seem to be doing the right thing at this stage. And he's playing dead and sort of going back into the shadows here and trying not to take too much heat on himself. But I don't think Sandra is going to forget. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where Dave goes here in the future because the only ally that he really has in the game at this point is Amy. And she's in pretty hot water by the end of this week as well. 
Yep. Um, Dave, very interesting. I, I could see it in his, in his body language. Like he was just like, uh, I'm on the bottom. Duh, duh, duh. Like I'm, you know, I could be voted out any day now, but I think, I think, I think he's doing it on purpose. Um, I think he's just trying to like kind of blend in with everyone else. And, you know, it's, it's hard with Sandra cause you know, as she always says, she doesn't forgive and she doesn't forget. And she's never going to forgive David for, well, she thinks he wrote his, uh, her name down, but he actually didn't. It was, it was Sam, interestingly enough, when she's in a, um, a threesome with her. But um, it's going to be hard for, for Dave to really get a lot going with Sandra still kind of in charge of the tribe. I agree. I think that um, with Sandra still having a great foothold, it is going to make it difficult. But obviously, we are going to see uh, a tribe swap or something happening in next week. So that's going to, again, sort of, I guess, split up the dynamics of who is working with who. Um, it's going to be very interesting. It, it, it alluded to potentially Mark and Sam continuing to be split up um, and potentially Sandra and Nina being in the same tribe, which I think for Sandra is probably the best thing possibly that mm -hmm. can happen at this stage because I continue to be impressed by Nina. She didn't have the biggest week in regards to edit or anything like that. We didn't see too many confessionals from her as far as I'm aware this week. But one thing about her is she has got herself in a pretty tight alliance at the moment, I feel like, in the blue tribe she does have a little bit of sway and power um, and it is quite interesting because at the point where sophie gets voted out here after the first episode and then has to go over to the water tribe the person that sophie is complaining to on the screen is both nina and mark it's the two people that she's saying hey sandra had some hand because of her experience sam did me wrong i trusted her so much um it is quite funny to see that the two people that she's complaining to is probably the two people she should not be complaining to in this new tribe yeah sophie has dropped off quite a bit from uh um our opinion of her last week i think she is not really played very optimally since going to the blue tribe which is you know it's understandable she's upset that she just got blindsided from somebody that she really trusted that she you know stood up for we saw her voting confessional when um was it dave I think when they voted Dave, she was like, you went after my girl, Sam, so I have to go after you. And then immediately the next episode, she flips on her. So, you know, it's hard, but she she can't be, you know, openly complaining to everyone. That's just, it's the complete opposite. It's just going to make them want to vote you out even more when you're already a pretty easy target on that new tribe. Yeah, one of the things, I do want to backtrack it here to the first episode before Sophie goes over to the Water Tribe. One of the things I really enjoyed was seeing that at the reward challenge when um, they they won the reward, the Red Tribe, they get to choose one person to come over and enjoy that reward with them. And they end up choosing Shay, which looks like um, Ben probably had a real big say in this or try to get Shay over there because it does look like they, uh, one of those couples, you always get that couple, they're, they're kind of inseparable. They look like they're probably one of those couples as well um and mm -hmm. sam very accurately reading the situation here not wanting to bring mark over because she understands that she'll have a whole lifetime with mark after the show but this could put 
Mark in a really bad position, not being with the tribe. So again, we see some of the experienced players, the players that are a little bit more glued onto this game. They're not making these rookie mistakes. Do you like this thinking here with Sam and Mark staying split, obviously, at this point? And also, uh, what did you think of the mechanic? Uh, it's not new to the game, but obviously with Blood versus Water, having someone come over, it plays a whole different role in regards to the information that can be shared and how you play cross tribes and things like that. Did you like this here at this specific spot? Um, I, I thought it was quite a nice little twist. Obviously, um, they will one-up it in the, in, the, in the future episode. I think the ne very next episode, they one-up even this one. But I thought it was interesting because Sophie had the opportunity to try and get her ducks in a row when she thought she was in power prior to getting voted out. Yeah, definitely. I think that um, Sam is definitely using her past experience on Survivor well with knowing that, you know, there is no reason to bring Mark over there. As you said, I think that I'm not sure that Sam actually said it in the episode, but yeah, it's taking time away from from Mark with his with his actual tribe. You know, that's just time that that they could be talking about voting him out or talking about how he needs to go. And there's just no reason for it, you know, with, you know, you, you want to spend, spend time with them. I understand, but you know, if you're really there to win, then you need to play as well as you can. As for Sophie going over to the, the blue tribe, it is very interesting how her and her sister KJ are very different people and are very different players. So to see them together is pretty interesting because I think KJ has not really had the loudest edit up to this point and still not too crazy, but you know, she's got a hat. She's, she's gotten some screen time now and we see that she's, she's pretty good herself. You know, she was able to, we don't know, what would have actually happened at that tribal count at that blue tribal council. Um, but it seemed like there was a good chance that Sophie could have survived that one. Yeah. And it seemed like that no one was really like, Oh man, KJ's really playing hard to save her sister. You know, it was like kind of low key. And I thought that was pretty cool. And Sophie just kind of was like, Oh Yeah. I may go home. I may not, you know, I understand. I'm probably a target. Da, da, da. So I think that was really cool, but obviously we're going to see, you know, a tribe swap and there's going to be even more pairs, you know, and then there's going to be pairs with more pairs and then pairs with singles. And that's going to, you know, create some drama. So but what's the way what's the way back for Sophie here at this point, you know, in the game? Because Sophie is kind of on a sinking ship. You kind of mentioned there's a potential tribe swap coming up. Potentially her and her sister lands on another tribe together with people that they potentially could work with that are in the outer. Um, the, the way I kind of th I think if I had to answer my own question on this, um, that she would want to be in a tribe with the likes of Amy, Juicy Dave, um, her sister, some of the people that are kind of in the outer of the bigger alliance at this stage 
where she can scramble and come back because um, I have been impressed by Sophie's not not her social awareness hasn't been the greatest I don't think in regards to like b- making these big threats probably because she's heard in the game um, we've never played the game of Survivor you and me Jake so mm-hmm. we don't know what it feels like when you feel like you've got this person that's going to be your friend for life and Sam that you're probably sharing your real life stories about you know what you do outside of the game and talking about what you guys are going to do and catch up after the game they could have had that level of a relationship that started forming there and that's why she felt so betrayed and hurt by this um you know i think it's really hard for us to comprehend that but i think that she is reacting in the wrong way of threatening the old tribe by saying hey i'm here with your loved ones i can take them out she's one person and like sam you know she couldn't have made a bigger eye roll when that comment came up at the challenge and it was really funny to see but sam quite correctly pointed out hey the majority of us got rid of you and the majority of our loved ones are on that side so i don't know what you're on about so sophie's playing it really wrong at this stage kj is playing a good game but what is the way out for kj and sophie as a pair here because what we're seeing is a trend continue throughout this week where if you don't have a pair in the game you're going to get voted out at some point so kj is in danger as well yeah um i think that i'm not sure oh did my webcam go out yeah, just lost your cam, but I can still hear you. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. Okay, not sure what that was. Sorry. Um, so, sorry. No problem. Right now. Okay. So the way out for Sophie, I think, I'm not sure if we're seeing a tribe swap next episode or not, but if there is, I think there's a great chance that Sophie may just kind of blend in with whatever tribe she's on. You know, if she's not on a tribe with her sister, then if she's on a tribe with Dave, I think that would be good. Because although they voted and be like, hey, you know, we voted for each other, but like we're both, we've both been on the outs at some point, you know, why don't we just team up? I know I would be keen to hear that, you know, someone's coming to me if I'm Dave, you know, because he's just not you know, doesn't really have a lot of options. So I think, I think you're absolutely right with, I think Dave would be a good person to want to have on your tribe if there is a swap. And if there isn't a swap, I think you just kind of have to go along with this plan of, of Khan splitting. I think they split it on Shay and Khan. I think you just kind of have to go along with that. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, well, you were already voted out once. So you know yeah and and i mean why i think that sophie's got some great like and i know it sounds there's going to be a lot of people that's going to disagree with me just based on some of these social cues that wasn't there and she probably put a foot in her mouth saying the wrong thing at the wrong time trying to be threatening when she doesn't really have a position of power currently but one of the things i thought she read really well was what was her option after narrowingly surviving that first tribe in water obviously we're going to lose alex sadly um had a back injury that he couldn't recover from he looked like he would be a really fun person um on the show i saw his preseason content um i thought he could do extremely well in the game he's a true fan of the show so you never want to see someone like that go out and you could clearly see he was trying to get voted out so he didn't have to quit being a fan of the show he probably never thought that he would have to quit to get out of the game but you know if you're injured you're injured you've got to look 
yourself to your body first. You only have one body. So I understand that he wanted to pull himself out of the game. Sophie quite correctly reads in the next phase here. She reads that her only option is to let Khan know about the fact that they were coming for him and try and get mm. Khan on their side. But Khan, someone that I really enjoyed, I still am a big Khan fan. I love the, the devious Khan on my screen and he probably will continue to be um, one of my favorite characters on the show to see there while he still plays the game. He does not seem to be aware of his own position in the game and um, we see a lot of him being very social at camp. We see him interacting with tribe mates, making funny jokes, but um, Mark and that is very observant. Um, I still think I, my my eyes are on Mark. He's playing a solid game. He's reading the social dynamics. He realizes that Khan is probably one of his biggest threats in the tribe and that he needs to vote him out. Um, so Sophie tried to do the right thing here, but she is getting outplayed, in my opinion, by the likes of your Marks and your Ninas um, currently in this game. Um, have you been impressed with what we've seen from Mark this week as well, or, or where are you seeing on him? He was our top pick for last week for our top five. Do you think that um, when we get to the top five discussion towards the end, he'll be sitting around top five somewhere again? Yeah, spoiler alert, Mark is my number one for this for this week. Um, I think, you know, not to get too, like, you know, analytical, but uh, his edit is really good as well. But not mm. only that, if you're just looking, you know, at face value of the game, you know, he's just playing really well. Every confessional of his, I'm very impressed, you know, with his, like you said, his observational skills. Clearly his, you know, uh, occupation has served him well with playing this game. And it, it makes you wonder, you know, we talk about Rob and Amber, but, you know, they made it to the final two together. But it seems like Mark and Sam may really have just, like, gotten too caught up in each other. Like, you know, good for them with uh, creating a family, and clearly they're very happy together. But it's pretty funny that, like, you know, they're showing us they're, they know how to play. Like, they're good. Yeah. And... I guess it took them having to come back to like really like okay now i'm i'm married found the love of my life now i can really play and mark is showing that he's good and um you know as you said um earlier you know nina has had more of a quiet week but and she was my number one last week i think mark has overtaken her now but she's she's still playing great as well yeah while we're talking about the edits here um this is the confessional count from episode to episode sandra by a country mile and i didn't realize wow. this until the end of the week um i think it's because of episode 16 16 wow. confessionals yeah. can that be right um, must be close to a record 44 confessionals overall for the season followed by khan sophie chrissy Amy, David, Sam, and then only Mark, uh, who's 14th. But the thing with Mark, I'm, I think that last year, so many people picked up who was going to be at the end with both George and Haley. And a lot of people yeah. picked up that Haley was going to win very early on. I think I called it week one. Um, they're trying to hide Mark, I think, a little bit. But um, what I'm seeing with Mark, similar to you, he's getting the confessionals. The, the strategic talk is going his way, looking for idols, 
going his way at the reward. Um, you know, there's a lot of th- the times when he talks, it's about quality where you see other people talk. It's more about entertainment. And then obviously Sandra having as big of an edit as she's got currently could mean one of two things. They're either trying to get everything out of her um, this specific season um, uh, before she goes home uh, or it's just the fact that she is a legend playing this game mm. and you want to showcase a legend, someone who understands how to talk to the cameras as much as you can when you've got them there on the screen. Um, the thing here for me that was quite interesting and how you can tell that Mark's got a lot of control over his tribe was when they had that reward uh, where they were all having the sandwiches and he kind of jokes about it a little bit and he says, you know, I need to make sure Sophie doesn't get the idol. And he stands up and he says, guys, do you mind if I do something I've always wanted to do in Survivor? And he flips the table over to see if there's a clue behind it. No one said anything. It did look a little bit awkward, but I think that he's probably the only person in that tribe that's got that kind of control and power to get away with something like this. And, you know, Jake, if I've got to be honest with you, if this was Mark's first time playing, um, I would have thought that he could have easily been one of the best players we've ever seen play in Australia. I know it's a big call, but I like the way that he plays this game, right? I like the fact that he's not over the top. He's not raising his threat level more than he needs to. People are coming to him. He's a quiet leader. And when he talks, he talks with a lot of authority and people want to listen to them. They want to bring secrets to him. Um, I think that he's someone that is definitely going to go very deep in this game. I'm less sure about Sam because I feel like Sam has got some sort of a threat level on her at this point. And I do think that if the swap does not go her way and she's with the likes of Sophie, who now is an enemy of hers, we could still see round two of the Sophie versus Sam battle here. And if the numbers don't end up in Sam's favor and she ends up with the wrong people in that configuration, I could still see her potentially being taken out along the way. Definitely. I think Sam has got to really hope that Sophie's not on her swap tribe. Although I think there's still a chance that they can all just be like, Hey, you know, Sophie, she's she's just a drama. So let's just get rid of her. You know, I was very um, kind of shocked that she was talking so openly about like kind of like taking out their loved ones at the challenge, like you mentioned earlier. It just there was just no reason. I mean, I guess you want to give Jonathan interesting responses you know because he's you want to have screen time he's asking you questions but there's just no reason for it really like in a strategic sense and i think that there is a chance that sophie could maybe make something happen against sam be like hey she swore on her life that she was with me and she wasn't like she'll she'll do the same to you you know i think you're right that mark definitely has the upper hand um, on Sam right now in terms of who's playing better at the moment. Yeah. Now, we we do see another idol being found here, obviously, in the last episode with Amy finding the pole on the ground and then finally um, looking up on into the sky, looking to see if she could see uh, an idol somewhere in the trees. She ends up finding this idol, um, but not before Michelle could see her find this, and it blows up her game quite a bit here. Um, and we see a little bit more of the dynamics here with Jordan coming to her and letting her know that she may have to play the idol, showing us that she does 
does have Jordan she can work with as well. So if Jordan and Juicy Dave ends up on the same tribe as Amy on the tribe swap, she might still have some life in this game as well. And one of the things I do like about Amy is at least she's got the balls to play against the queen when a lot of other people are playing a bit more of a fearful game at this mm -hmm. stage. Yeah, she's she and Dave are not afraid to point out like it's Sandra. Like, why is she still here? You know, she's she's the biggest threat of us all. We've already she's already established that she can win twice. So it is interesting that no one else is i don't know if it's, you know, fear or if it's just like she really is like that good at making them feel like they're with her. But everyone else seems to be with her. That they're just—they don't want to take her out. They—they'd rather take out Jay, who I'm not sure was really posing much of much of a threat to everyone else. So not sure yeah rpj i think he also had zero confessionals this season as well he, he looked like really? a fun guy yeah i think he was a fun guy to have around uh camp but he had zero confessionals for the season so we didn't really get to see much of him from a strategic standpoint but i think he just got taken out uh because he was the least likely person that amy would play the idol on and also alex was no longer in the game wow australian survivor now has two players that have gotten voted out without having a confessional i didn't think they would do it again i really didn't but yeah he really no, had I mean, zero the entire zero season. confessionals zero confessionals the entire season from him so I the mean, only I thing we like, got from him yeah. was like the, the the challenge chat where he talked about alex not quitting anything yeah obviously alex with a broken back holding on in that previous challenge quite long was pretty impressive to see but that was all we got from jay this season yeah i mean i guess i shouldn't be, really be surprised i mean we didn't I don't really remember much from him, but I'm just a bit shocked that they would do it again. How many? That was a uh, six. I think it's that was the same as Sam in uh, Champions Contenders six episodes, right? I think yeah. they both went home, and maybe it'll be a an ongoing trend. Maybe whoever gets voted out in episode six will have zero confessionals yeah i think the only other person in the game at this point who's got zero confessionals is mal the chiropractor twin on the um yeah. other tribe who has helped alex when he had his back problems it's the only time we kind of saw her in camera she hasn't really been much of a vocal point in strategy or anything like right. that at least the sister is getting to play with sandra so she's getting screen right. time by proxy um but mel's yeah. the other person at the moment that is in danger of going home with a zero confessional um count at this stage but it was interesting to see that play out and obviously amy correctly playing the idol on herself uh, during the tribal council as well um so moving on from that you know so we've got quite a bit of idols in the game you know khan and also uh shay is the other two that's got idols here but shay doesn't look to be a target at this stage yeah not gonna lie i completely oh is chris gone now Something happened. Here, I'm going to message him, see what's up. Um, his laptop died. He's 
turn it back on now. Should be back soon. Let me pull up the confessional count while he's gone. Already forgot. Wow, yeah. J, zero confessionals. Cannot believe that. That's got to be the biggest issue with, with Australian survivors, just the editing, and the you know. Variety of confessional it just seems like they kind of choose a few people. You know, per episode, and just give them all to them. It's very rarely, evenly spread out. Hopefully Chris will be back soon. Sorry guys that I not really saying much, but Chris is kind of the guy that runs this, so David is top six in confessionals, and he's only had confessionals in two episodes. Same with Amy. She is tied for fifth, and she's only had confessionals in three. And she, she only had one in episode one, and then she had 13 in this past episode. It's always very interesting to look at these confessional counts after every episode. Because for example, like KJ, she had 11 confessionals in episode five. I do not remember her having that many. Sorry about that. My laptop just decided to shut down in the middle of the stream. <laughs> oh, you're good. I was just looking at the confessional count again. Cause it's always, I'm always very intrigued by the confessional counts every season, especially with Australians forever. They're very uh, top-heavy. Yeah, very top-heavy. Normally, you've got a few players that you need to pay attention to, and then the yep. rest of them, they're not as big of a factor. Um, speaking about some of the challenges that we saw this week, one of the things that the Australian Survivor season does do really well uh, a couple of big matchups on the physical side of things, but probably the biggest shock of the week was Croc 
being um, completely gassed by the end of the second week and the, the challenge that they did in the second part. Um, how shocked were you to see the big boy, you know, nearly being medivac there? Because they had the medics out there and everything. It was quite shocking to see um, swimming probably not being one of his strengths out there because it did take a lot of swimming uh, mm -hmm. for him as well. I definitely kept a close eye on Mark when he went out there to do the course as well because him and Mark are the two big boys. And I thought that Mark may find it just as physically demanding as he did when um, he had to go and do that challenge. Yeah, I think I wasn't too shocked really because i was i will i was shocked at first that he was gassed but then i really thought about it he he has to pull himself up that rope and he's a big guy like that's hard you know he's that's you know for like sam she was really good at that because she, she's not very big and you know she's she was a pretty good swimmer so she was able to, you know, zip through that, and then she doesn't really have to pull that much up. So I think I was a bit shocked at first because, you know, we just think of him as like, you know, oh, he's he's croc, he's really good, you know, physical competitor. But that I think that was just a tough challenge for the bigger guys. But Mark seemed to do pretty well in it, so... Sandy saying he thinks that Sandra and Khan is the only two with at least one confessional every episode. And that, that sounds is correct. about right. That yeah, there's a few right. yeah. there's a few other top contenders that have had um only one potential episode that they haven't had a confessional. Like Mark has had one episode that he didn't get a confessional. Mm -hmm. Um Sam has had one where they didn't have a confessional as well. Um and then there's a few others that have had even less than that. Um, Sophie's only had one episode where she didn't get a confessional as well. Mm -hmm. So um, she's still pretty high. And that's what makes me wonder if Sophie has got a little bit more legs in her than what we may even think. Um, she called herself the Wicked West of uh, the Wicked Witch of the Outback. Did she take that title from Jerry Manthe? Yeah, she's... Uh... <laughs> Are they in Outback? Or are they in the bush? Because I've, I've heard that. Or are those two the I'll same thing? I, I think it's uh, Marcus is from Australia. He'll correct me if I'm wrong. But I do believe where they're doing this still counts as the outback. The outback in Australia is massive. So um, it's, it's a massive land area. And they're in a completely different location in the outback. But I still believe it counts as the outback as well. It yeah. might even be this one might even be closer to where Australian Survivor um, or Survivor Australia was filmed. I don't think it's the same location, but it could be closer. And I have to say, location-wise, I'm enjoying this one a little bit more. It seems like the bush. There's a little bit more diversity in it compared to the previous one, which was a lot more flat and barren uh, for me. And also, I think that they had like the man-made. Um, uh, lake or whatever they had that they did the challenges on the previous one this one they've actually got rivers and different things around that they can use so i actually personally like this and and talking about that challenge that they did with croc um where he gassed out i i love that challenge that was one of the challenges where i thought i would love to go out there swim and climb this massive net up this cliff top to get to the top that looked like so much fun to do and to be out there and, and, and participate in that's one thing that i think australian survivor has just it's just miles ahead of of us it's just the challenges that i will say it is getting a little bit more diverse with the um it seems like the past few seasons of australian have been too physical like too many physical challenges and now i think with that one that one 
was just like hard. It wasn't physical. You know, you're not like, you know, lifting all of these like, you know, massive blocks and stuff or like holding it up like in the um that by the way that one was really cool too i know that that was last week that was my second favorite yeah yeah yeah, that's that's very unique i would never thought of that but um yeah and and and, and, and hats off to hats off to ben like i would love to have known how much weight he ended up having to hold up when his whole tribe went out and he was one person, I think against five in the water tribe and he outlasted five of them. Like it may be the most single handed dominant performance in any version of the show that I've ever seen where one person, except for maybe Nasir last season on his own, <laughs> finishing the challenge when everybody tried to throw it. Um, yeah. I think this might be the, this might be the most impressive one we've ever seen when it comes to a team um, a, a immunity challenge. For sure, I think you're right. Um, but yeah, back to that challenge where um, they had to climb the net. The, the scenery was beautiful mm. at that challenge. There was like waterfalls, and it's just right there. Like while they're doing the challenge, I would have just been staring around like the whole time. I wouldn't have been paying attention if I was there. It kind of reminded me of the survivor australia season if i remember correctly there was a challenge where they had to jump off a waterfall and i was trying yeah. to look at it as like is this the same location how cool would it be if they had the same location but i don't think it was where they yeah. had to go and jump off the waterfall because i remember um quite a few of the contestants being pretty afraid of that the crazy mm-hmm. thing for those i'm sure everybody that listens to the post this podcast is very much super fans and know all the insides and outsides of all these seasons is that for the Astra- survivor australian outback originally they were going to jump out of a plane to enter into the the season so they all had to get signed off to do um you know a parachute jump into the outback which would have been absolutely crazy to see an entrance like that i mean australian survivor does some crazy intros Mm -hmm. to their seasons but that would have been pretty cool to see another trend that we see sort of um this season on the challenges is that you know nina is being seen as not only a strategical threat but she's also quite dominant in the challenges consistently being the person that sort of clutches through for her team scoring the final points obviously it is a little bit uh, i guess you could put put a little bit of an asterisk next to it because she does go up against sandra quite a lot like for instance in this one she had to go up on the famous sumo wrestle uh where they had to go i think the last time we may have seen it even was in heroes versus villains we don't see it very often anymore in the u.s it may have been a season after that but it's the most famous one that i can remember that we that we kind of saw um from memory but it was quite interesting to see nina consistently doing well in the challenges i think it's another reason why i think if you had to ask me if she's a lock to make it to the merge i think she's making the merge at this stage she's a massive asset to her tribe yeah i think nina's definitely a lock for the merge at this point unless something drastic happens and uh, going back to that um wrestle challenge where you had to push each other off was it I keep mixing up their names. Jordy beat Ben, I think. Uh, um, you talking about the two? Ah, uh, so 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 Jordan, Jordan, and 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 Ben, uh, not Ben. Uh, I forgot his name. The two, the two cousins. You're talking about the two cousins. So the ones. No, Jordan. I'm talking about like you know, oh, the two. Jordy and Jesse. Jordy and Jesse, the yes. two brothers. So yeah. Jordy, uh, I think it was Jordy beat Ben in the challenge i was very shocked by that like i would have picked ben every day of the week especially when we saw him in that 
um, challenge where he clutched it, you know, for his entire team. So I think, I don't know, Jordy and Jesse, I think are, they're very like deceptively like fit and like athletic. Like, I don't think they're like up there with, um, with like people seeing them and being like, Oh, physical threat. But I think they are honestly like yeah. that was impressive. Like Jesse, you know, he went up against Mark. So, I mean, that's, that's tough, but, um, he held but, his but, own. I, I, but I, I liked when he went up against Mark that they used that as a point in the game where they could talk to each other and get yeah. information across where Mark was like, tell me a bit about Sophie. And Jesse's like, she's a snake, you know. And I like seeing that again, showing Mark playing the game. You know, I mean, we've seen this with some of the greatest players like Dave trying to, you know, play an idol with another tribe doing the cross tribe things. I look at this almost as just as dangerous because he's already building these cross tribe alliances. Now, Jesse knows that if he ends up with Mark and a tribe, I can work with Mark. Mark is willing to ask me for information. He's willing mm -hmm. to strategize with me. Um, and, you know, there is probably an opportunity also for um, Mark to get a bit of information in regards to like, don't worry about Sam. I'm with her. You know, mm -hmm. we're working together because Jesse and Sam seems to be, he Jesse seems to be Sam's number two at this stage in the game to me, more so than the girls in that uh, specific tribe. Yeah, that I didn't think about that. That's that's really good for Mark. Like that moment, you know, was very like quick and small. You know, may not have really thought about it much afterwards. But if if Jesse is swapped with with Mark, I think that's that's an immediate connection. You know, like like you said, Jesse is very close with Sam, and they had that moment. So I think that they would click immediately, and that would be just another ally for mark to add to his already pretty big number yeah he's in a he's in a definitely a, a power position i would say at this stage when it comes to the game with the different alliance members that he's got in the game and then obviously talking about somebody that's not going to be a threat when it comes to being able to be physically there for their tribe and the challenges um i think out of the physical beasts that we see this season in australian survivor he's the only one at this stage that's standing out for me personally as a true contender to go all the way because a lot of the other players um that potentially i think has got the the upper hand in the season and that is running the strategic direction of it they're not necessarily your geordies your your bens your jesse's um your, your jordans you know uh, none of these other big alpha guys are kind of coming across as really running the show for me um they're kind of a tool within the game that different players are using to get themselves ahead and it's quite funny seeing australian survivor make this big physical aspect out of all these different challenges but at the end of the day those are not the players that's really dominating this game for me uh, and not the players that I've got my eye on going into the end game that I think is gonna gonna run away with it. Um, looking looking at the challenges, it was quite interesting as well seeing the the challenge where they all had to be down in the water and they had the ball that they had to get up the ramp in the opposing side. Um, and uh, it looked like something that um, we've seen a few times also in the US Survivor. But normally it's not in water; it's normally uh, the two nets on both sides. Um, I famously remember, and I think it was. Survivor Samoa where Ben kicked um, Russell or someone on the other side, uh, Russell Swan I believe uh, yeah. which got quite physical, that might be the last time that we've seen something similar to this where they have to throw it into a net Schmerden like... Brawl yeah. I think it was called yeah i can't remember but yeah, yeah. It's, it's, what did you think of this challenge um i, I assume that um, you were quite impressed by um, J jlp calling nina a, a great 
what was it, a quarterback or something like that? Would you call it or a running receiver? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I actually didn't watch that challenge. I have been pretty strapped for time, so I had to skip that reward challenge. I did catch all of the immunity challenges, but I didn't catch that one. If it was anything like Schmergenbrawl, then I'm surprised there were no injuries uh, in it. I think there's some people that will, would have picked up some injuries. Um, apparently, even Kate, who got voted out in the previous uh, week, Andy's little sister, she had some broken ribs after the season that really? she had to get looked at. So I think there's wow. some physical... The, the, the Australian seasons are so physical, and I think there's a reason that the US have started taking away some of these mm -hmm. headbangers, um, and it is probably because of all the injuries and things that happen. It's, it's great for us as viewers to watch, and we enjoy seeing the brawls, but I think for the players being out there, it can be... Um, definitely something that can really put them back and, and, and injure them long term within the game so it was an interesting week here jake because you know sophie great move to get her out you know sandra was blindsided for probably the third time in her survivor career by there being a non-elimination something she wouldn't mm -hmm. be used to in the the u.s survivor show as much with um and then also seeing um you know in the second episode alex blindsiding his tribe even though again we see mark in the the tribal council saying no we're not going to do it we're going to vote who we want to vote out which I believe would have been Khan that they tried to blindside in that specific vote. So mm -hmm. another blindside here. And then finally, in the final episode, we see a third blindside in Jay being voted out of the game. Um, it's been an interesting week in that sense, because if you ask me who the people were going to be that were going to get voted out this week, I didn't think Alex and Jay uh, necessarily was going to be on that list. And I wouldn't even have thought Sophie was going to be on that list. So we were very wrong about this week. Now, mm -hmm. If we were to be playing detectives going into next week, who do you think are the players that are potentially at the biggest risk um, of getting voted out here in a tribe swap? And I know it's very difficult to predict because the tribe swap will definitely mix up the dynamics within these tribes. Yeah, I think Amy is kind of grasping at straws now. I know that she's got, you know, Jordan and David who are possibly willing to work with her, but that's only two, you know, even, even if she's swapped with both of them, that's, that's not even enough. So you still need, still need more than that. And, you know, obviously David is in that group as well. Um, I would, yeah, I think Amy is probably a big one that I would not be shocked if she was gone next week, especially now that she, um, had to use her idol so she's got no protection at this point either so amy for red who do you think and what water did you say and water would be the i guess sophie is probably the most predictable yeah. one currently yeah either that either her or khan although it's difficult now once you maybe there was some foreshadowing i was thinking about that quote by mark if you remember he says when you Go after the king, you gotta kill him. They tried to go after him. I know that they didn't actually vote and write his name down, but mm. they were about to, and then it was taken away from him. Maybe there's some foreshadowing there. Maybe that plan is not gonna work. So I was thinking maybe Khan would be in trouble, but I think there was a lot of buildup. Everyone is like coming together, coming together. Okay, we're good, we're good. And then it just fell apart. And I don't know yeah. if, if it's they're going to be able to bring it back together again. That's tough. 
And one of the things that stood out for me this week was that Khan and Amy seem to be both very aggressive and strategic players. Like it's quite impressive because, you know, you mentioned that Sophie and um, KJ, they're kind of two different players. Um, Khan and Amy to me seem to be very much a little bit of the same type of player, the ruthlessness mm-hmm. that they've got and making moves, not being afraid to go after it. Um, and I still look back at why did we see this whole, and I mean, it did come up, I guess, in conversation in this um, week where Mark said, listen, I do have an alliance with Khan, but I'm using it to get him on our side to feel comfortable. Um, but I do think that that alliance could still come into play if Khan and mm-hmm. Mark ends up on a tribe with Amy. Amy could potentially be in a better spot. This next week could really, um, you know, shuffle the deck in a way where different players that haven't had much power could come back into play um, and take a little bit more of a power position. So I actually, I I had one of the the guys that um, he runs the Survivor Worldwide group say that the swap is happening too soon this season. I don't agree. I think it's a great time to do the swap mm-hmm. right now. Um, I think that a lot of alliances have started to set in um, and certain players on the, uh, in the outs. And I would like to see how the great players survive from a swap at this stage in the game i agree i think the swap is coming at a good time as well i think as you said alliances have kind of been set and i think if you let it go any longer we're going to start seeing you know just kind of boring people at the bottom get picked off although i don't know because we've seen some unpredictable vote offs this week but i would think that this is this is a good time to switch things up I agree 100% with you. Um, I think it's a good time for us, Jake, to go into our top five players for the week. Now, you mentioned that your top player for the week is Mark at the first place, right? So you're going to give him five points. And I think both me and you have spoken at length of why we think Mark is probably playing the best game. Is there anything you wanted to add to why you are putting Mark as your first place for the week? Yeah, I think we kind of covered it. You know, he's just, he's, he's just in charge of everything really on that blue chart from from what we can see and no one is really looking at him i mean he's a physical threat and no one has really brought that up i mean there's just not really he's there's really not a lot of flaws yeah i agree yeah I agree. I think Mark's playing a solid game. He's my first pick as well. And I'll go first with the second pick for the week um, for who I think is playing the second best game at this point. It is tough because there's quite a few players that have started to emerge slightly from the game and um, they're playing better and better. But I'm going to put Sandra as my number two for the week. I, I think that I think that, you know, Sandra has taken control of this game and if they don't take her out very soon, like um, I was impressed by her just surviving in the first week. Now she's starting to dictate where people are voting. She's starting to plant seeds. Um, I think she's going to get more and more dangerous, especially if she links up with Nina. So at this point, um, I think Sandra is playing the second best game. I don't see any problems with that. I completely agree. Who's your third pick then? So... Wait, is this my third or second? Oh, so, so second. Oh, sorry, who's your second pick? I thought you were second, I would pick Sandra, but I'll make ours our list a bit different. I'll go with Sam. All right. The what do you two. like about Sam this week? I think that was probably a tough decision for her to get rid of Sophie, but, I mean, she's in a great spot, I think, now. I mean might not look too great if she's swapped with Sophie, but we're, I, I believe we're just going off of how they played this week. Right. So we're not yeah. really looking too much in the food in the future. So 
I mean, she's she's kind of ingrained herself with Sandra and Michelle or Mel. Sorry, I get them mixed. Yeah, up. Michelle. Twins, so. Michelle. Michelle. Um, and I think that that's a great threesome right there. They were able to devise the plan against Amy and Jay. And I think she was she was just good at just kind of not letting the Sophie stuff get to her. You know, it was probably tough to have her, especially when they had that reward where they were all together. You know, she was like confronted kind of by Sophie and she was able to handle it well. So I don't know. I just think she's playing a solid game. So, All right. Um, I don't disagree with you. Sam will probably be my third place as well. Who's your third place? I'll put Sandra. I can't put her any lower than three. And Sandra. Yeah. Although I will say, I think we are starting to maybe see a bit a bit of complacency with Sandra. I think that, I don't know, there were just a few moments in this last episode where I think they were trying to show Sandra being a bit too cocky. Yeah. And which obviously, I mean, everything went her way. So, you know, I agree. No, no reason not to be cocky. Yes. Yeah. You know, you know, everything's going to go your way, but I don't know. Usually that kind of is a little bit of foreshadowing, not to get to edit, analyze analytically, but, you know, I don't know. Jake, I'm starting to have real problems here with my computer. I think it's going to shut down again. I don't know what is going on. I'm going to stop it at the, at the top three for both of us for now. So we've got Mark, right. Sam, Sandra for both of us, just in case I do get cut off. I'm going to message you to get the fourth and fifth one, and I'll post it on Instagram who the fourth and fifth one was for the week, just in case we get cut off here, because I don't want it to cut off midway through again. I don't know what's going on. I think it's an update that I need to do with my computer that it's refusing yeah. me to continue on without doing it on it. Um, but right. Overall, it's been a great week. I'm looking forward to talking to you about week three to see what's going to happen with the tribe swaps. I think when we get to the new tribes, it's going to be a whole different game. So looking forward to talking to you about that. For everybody that's been here on the live, thank you so much for this. I do apologize for the issues I've had with my computer today. It's never happened before. Hopefully I got it sorted out before next week. Um, but Jake, we'll be in touch. You let me know who fourth and fifth is, and I will put a post up on Instagram and also Twitter. Um, and I look forward to hearing that. And I'll talk to you next week. Um, I'll just say goodbye to everyone now. Catch you next time. Bye. See you.